Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is two-time Palmed Or winner and Oscar-winning director Billy August, and we're going to be discussing his brand new movie entitled The Pact. Welcome to the show, Billy. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. It's great having you here. So our audience knows a little bit. Can you tell our audience what The Pact is all about? The Pact is about uh, Karen Blixen, the Danish writer, where, and uh, her about her relationship with a young uh, unknown poem. She's about uh, 70 and he's uh, maybe 25. And um, they have they create this very peculiar relationship, you know. He's, he's young and just married and she's an older woman who's alone. And he moves into her house and, and she uh, promise him he can, she can make him a better writer. At the same time, they have start this very, very bizarre relationship. So that's basically what the story is. Yes, you captured, I mean, Karen Blixen, the actress who played her, is it, how do you say her name? I, would, I don't want to mispronounce it. Berth Newman? Yeah, Peter Neumann, yes. Okay, so I knew I'd mess it up anyhow. She is, um, she really captures uh, Karen Blixen. When you look at pictures of Karen Blixen at that stage, it's just like she channels her in this film. She's absolutely amazing in it. How did you find her to play this role? First of all, I knew I needed a very, very skillful actress for the part, but also somebody who uh, had the charisma, because Karen Blixen was a very, very charismatic woman. You, you have the you have to understand why everybody was admiring this woman. And then also, I needed an actress of her age, somebody who had still had a, a sexuality, sensuality, because the relationship between the young man and this woman had to be true. You, you as an audience, I wanted the audience to hope that something could have had something could happen between them, but also fear that it would happen because that would mean that because she was young. And and he was married that, that it could be a catastrophe for, for his uh, private relationship. So that was a part of the story, that, that, that relationship between this older woman and the young man. And he wrote this book, but they had an agreement that, well, he was much younger than her, that he wouldn't write anything about this until after she had passed away. But he waited quite a while before he did. Do you know why he waited? I think he maybe he had to digest everything what happened before he, he, he had the courage to, to write about it. I don't know. But uh, when he, uh, the book was eventually uh, published, it was a huge success and actually the best book he ever wrote. And, and maybe also because of the novel, is, his book is full of, of drama and full of stories about Camp Nixon and also very honest in a way, you know, because it's based on his life. So, so um, but I don't know why it took so long time before he, he, he was published. What was difficult about bringing this script to life for you? It, it was finding a balance in the relationship because Karen Blixen, in our story, she's, she's manipulating. She's manipulating with him. But at the same time, we did not want to portray her as, as a mean, uh, one-dimensional character. We wanted to make it as as her as complex as uh, possible. So, and also to understand when all the guests has left, when the spotlights are off, she is also a lonely person. She's a, she lives alone with her stories, with her demons. And, and so that, that was... A, a 
important for us to, to make her as complex as possible. The film is exquisite. Each scene to me was a piece of art. Um, the lighting, the set design, the colors you use, the the costumes, everything was exquisite. Talk a little bit about that because you started your career as a cinematographer. And so that seems to come through in your films. Do you work really closely with your cinematographer because that's what your background is? I work very, very closely with the cinematographer and in particular this story, it, it was important to show the beauty of Blixen's house and, and, and there should be some kind of ha- harmony in, in the way of lighting and the production design because this, that there's also kind of disharmony in the story so I like that conflict or that space between the, 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 the beauty the harmony and disharmony you know I think it, it create, adds something to the, to the story to the drama so it's done very quite consciously I'm sure it is um, but it's so for you what was the most difficult part of this shoot did you shoot this during the pandemic, prior to the pandemic, what was difficult about? We actually we were supposed to do the film um, in a, we had a certain start date, and and of course all of a sudden the bloody pandemic started, who so had to postpone the shoot for 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 two months, and it was the most. It was hard for everybody because we were ready, but it was also hard for the producer because they had to pay the crew and actors for, 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 for pay a lot of money for nothing. So before we got the film refinanced uh, and we could start again, that, that was the toughest because we didn't really know if we would, could do it or not. But, but uh, the producer believed in the film, so we, we made it happen. And, and the... the, the Wonderful thing about it, you know, most of the story takes place in a house, in inside a house, in Camp Lixen's house, and outside. And we uh, we rented this house so uh, so we could shoot this, uh, the film almost in continuity because we, we were able to go in and out uh, following the story, basically. What was your um, casting process like then? You know, we've got a wonderful cast. Uh, they all really, yeah, they're all they're real, all wonderful in this movie. So, what was the casting process like for you? But the casting process, you know, I always try to see uh, casting a film um, get all the ca- colors on the palette, you know, and uh, get different actors with, and, and characters with different with different attitudes, with different yeah, with different colors. So that was important, but most important to cast um, Blixen and the young man Tobit Bjorni to have two people that uh, that there was a chemistry between them so we did a lot of uh, casting sessions and I, I really wanted to make sure that, that the chemistry was there again to create this peculiar relationship that the audience would hope something would happen between Blixen and this young man at the same time fear that it would happen because it would be a catastrophe for, for his family life so but the, the casting was was very very important it definitely the well it was devastating for his personal life no matter what even though because this was this was secret I mean this, his wife was not aware has, this young man we didn't I don't think we stated that he has a, a wife and a child a young child and um, that 
did pose a, a lot of stress and strain on his marriage and his relationship. So talk a little bit about that and, and that process of how you filmed that and, you know, kept that tension going. Yeah, it's, 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 the story also tells, opens up for, for a universal question, you know, how do we create to people, how do people work against private leave or not against, but how do we find a balance in that? Because he obviously is long and yearning to get up, to get to be together with Catholics, and at the same time he has his family, his wife and his child. And what what is right or wrong? So that that's a big struggle in him all the time. And I, I think we all know, at least I know from my own life, how to find a balance in in dealing with. Because you, if you have that need and urge inside you, how to balance that with also having a family life? And it's universal. And um, I think the actors, at least I worked with, they, they knew very, they had the experience that themselves all the time. But she was very manipulative uh, in this film. So, uh, and was that obviously that's the way she's being portrayed, and that's the way he probably wrote the book? Or did you um, change some things when you were filming this? No, actually not, because you know. Camp Nixon was living many years in Africa, and that's how uh, Man Street portrayed it out, out of Africa. But in the end of Camp Nixon's stay in, in Africa, she got uh, syphilis. And um, and when she got syphilis, uh, she made a pact. That's why the film also called the pact. She made a pact with the devil that everything hereafter, she he, he promised her that everything hereafter she would experience in life would be uh, become of her stories. So it, it was uh, for her a way of arranging a lot of meeting with people. She was a puppet master and hoping that she, maybe not consciously, but at least she, she created a lot of things around her which gave her inspiration for her stories. And sometimes it seems like she, she mixed up reality with, with fiction. Do you think the syphilis had something to do with that? Sorry? Do you think that syphilis had something to do with that? Yeah, because it plays some triggers with the mind, you know, and also because of the medicine she got, which was terrible, and, and she was always in pain, and, and, and I won't say she got crazy, but something happened uh, because of that disease. Yeah, I would think that that would have an effect. Out of Africa is one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. And I had the opportunity to go to Kenya on a humanitarian trip quite a few years ago. And we went and visited the Karen Blixen Museum. Oh, yes, it's beautiful. It is. And we um, had the, you know, it, was, it really truly was. Uh, they had the, some of the costumes from the film, but it actually, the house is exactly, the museum is exactly like the house in the in the movie. And um, you just got the sense, you just, I just felt her energy and her spirit there. There was something just magical about it. They have an outdoor cafe you can sit outside and, and on the grounds. And um, I bought a number of things from the museum that I, I have to this day that I cherish. Uh, because of, yeah, she was just an amazing uh, woman. That's why I was very attracted to this film and wanted to, to see it. Um, and you've done it in such a beautiful way, too, in, in respect to her. 
showing who she really was, but also tempering it with um, other parts of her. You know, you it's very layered. It's a very layered performance. It's a very layered character. How much? I mean, you. This was a book, and so transferring it from a, a book to a script, um, and and putting those layers in it. How much were you involved in that process, and and or were you involved, or did just have your um, the person who wrote the script uh, do everything? I was very much involved in it because I, I wanted to be as true as possible, and and fortunately also there's been so many uh, books about Camp Lix and so for some of the scenes and some of the characters, especially Benedict, you know, one the young, uh, we had to because she's almost never mentioned. She's almost never mentioned in the um, in, in 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 this novel we adapted the, the screenplay from. So we, we were picking uh, stories from different uh, sources, uh, so, but I was very much involved in, in the uh, in, because I wanted the, uh, it, uh, the films to be as true as possible and respect the reality as, as much as we could. And yeah, and yeah, and you have for sure. Which you t- uh, tend to, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of your movies are based on books. Is that something that you've set out to do? How did how you know? Or is that something you prefer to do? Is uh, base it um, do make your movies based on books? It's true that I have done several uh, films based on, on books, but it's not because I, I only want to do that. It, it's more coincident. But I think what is important when you decide to uh, use a, a novel as a space for, for a film is that you you have to do, a, do take a lot of freedom and you have to be there to be unfaithful in order to be faithful to the novel. Because otherwise, it just looks like illustrated literature, which never works. So you have to, uh, and it was, of course, anyway, always be an interpretation. It, 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 but, and you have to make it work for screen. You have to say, okay, this is a novel. It works beautifully as a novel. But how do we, how do we make this work for screen? And. Um, and most of the time, I think the film's adaptation I've done, it, it pretty much works as a film also. And again, it, the, the fact that you, you started your career as a cinematographer, how did you branch off and become a director? I started as a cinematographer, I did about 10 films as a cinematographer, and then while I was working as a DP, I started to write a script and I sent it to a to the Danish Film Institute, which is a government thing, and they liked it and they gave me the money and then I just directed it and I thought that was it. I will go back to being a cinematographer, but then the next project and next project and now I've done I don't know I don't know, twenty two films I think as director, so so and I like it. It's it's a beautiful job. So what when you are looking because you're very prolific and you um, go from one project to the next project fairly you know regularly you don't it seems like you have too many gaps so what is it that attracts you to a particular project storytelling you know it's um, but it's also because of the financing is that's always the most difficult thing and and I think 
most directors they also always have a lot of projects working on because you never know if it's going to happen all of us but then all of a sudden you a lot of times you're just waiting and all of a sudden they all they come one after another and it, it at the moment it seems like I'm doing one after, film after another but, but I like it you know it's 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 not a job it's a hobby It's nice when you feel that way about the work that you do, that it's a hobby and not a, uh, not a job and not work. I agree with you. I feel the same way about this show. Uh, it's, yeah. you know, I love doing it. And that's what it, it keeps us uh, interested and engaged when we're passionate about what we're doing. And obviously, that's the way you are with your film. Yeah, you learn something, and it stimulates my curiosity. It's a, it's an amazing job, and somebody also pays me for what I'm doing. So, isn't that nice? <laughs> That's the perk. What did you have to learn to become successful, Billy? Uh, sorry. What did you have to learn to become successful? What 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 lesson did you learn along the way that helped you become successful? Uh, it's um, be true, you know, and also for each each film I've done, I've done good films, I've done bad films, but I think it's important also to to, to after each film I'm thinking a lot what what could I learn from this and learn from experience, you know, and and, and don't be yeah, it's it's important to to accept you also make mistakes and. And learn from experience and, and be honest be, be, be true and honest and don't make too many I mean of course it's a lot of money and you have to make compromises but not make too many compromises but but uh, yeah be honest what's the most difficult part of shooting a movie for you or, or is it different for each film I think it's uh, the hardest thing is is really the financing even though you haven't made a success it, it's always it's always uh, a problem and I remember just that I um, read about Orson Wales. he said he was quite successful but he said 90% of the time he spent money with financing and 10% about movie making and, and that's the truth to it so, because it's so expensive to make a film and all the how, how do you get it together and and uh, then you think you have a project and then you just need 10% of the budget and then you lose the access and then the whole thing falls apart and it's, it's crazy. It's a miracle when a film happens. You know, it's interesting to hear you say that because you're such a successful director and you would think that for you, um, when when they find out that you're involved with the project, that they would want to finance the project knowing how successful you have been. So you still go through a lot of the same things as somebody up and coming, I guess, goes through with the financing. Yeah, but it's it's always uh, like that. and, and it's But... But you know, I think also the most satisfying thing for me is if if you write a good scene and you have the right people and you have the right actors and if you can create a moment of when it, a creative moment of 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 magic, you know, when everybody's peaking and it maybe only lasts for 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 two or three seconds, but that that moment of magic 
is is worth everything. And uh, and it can never happen again. You cannot act, ask ask the actors to do it again. And it, it has just to do with that split second of, of something grand happen. But the beautiful thing is that, that then you go into the movie theaters and watch it, and the audience are witnessing the same thing as you were able to create uh, when you shot the film. And that that is that is magic. That is uh, that's the whole. The reason why I'm making movies, I think. What's your directing style? Sorry. What's your directing style? How do you do? How do you for you? I mean, some directors are really hands-on and directing their their actors and really telling them what to do. Some are hands-off. Um, how do you create that magic? What what? How do you create that environment that creates that magic? It's. <laughs> Making a film is such a long process. You know, you're working with the actors. It, it starts with the very first meeting you have with the actors, and you have readings, and you have you have uh, costume fittings, and 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 it slowly you get into the into the character. But also with the crew, you, you're you're trying to build up, and it's also a lot to do with respect. You know, because you normally you you would hire the best people for for that particular project you're doing, and you have to. Uh, uh, respect the crew and respect the actors, and 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 get the best out of it, and and uh, and also respect the producer who has say, okay, we have this amount of money, go out and make the film up, and, and don't no, I never spend go over budget, you know, but respect everybody's uh, effort to to make the best thing, and I think that's that's also part of being a director. Each one of your movies show that uh, beautiful process that you're describing. How do you feel about now with everything that's going on and, and so many films are not being seen in the theater and I believe they all should be seen in the theater, particularly this one. It's so exquisitely beautiful and so many movies are going to streaming services again because they can get the financing. So what are your thoughts about that? How do you feel about that process? And I know some of the streamers are definitely working with getting a theatrical window, you know, a release for in, in the theater and then going to streaming. So, as you know, the industry's changing so dramatically and certainly over the last couple of years. What are your thoughts about that? How do you feel about streaming and movie theaters and seeing the films in the theaters? Yeah, I think it's interesting. For the last couple of years, it it, it seems like the big studios, in, in particular in Hollywood, they don't seem to make this kind of film anymore that I'm interested in. And it they only do the big budget film, Marvel film, and it seems like uh, the, the streaming services uh, that they have, uh, Netflix or whatever, they have taken over this whole area of, of film movie making. And I see, I see that as, as a positive sign that somebody wants to do this kind of film. And I just hope that uh, the there would be some kind of solution to uh, the, 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 this kind of film that these streaming services are, are, are financing, that, that they also would be released in the movie theater. Because in the end of the day, that's to go in, people pay the tickets, go into the darkness and watch a film on big screen. It, it's not, it's a, such a big difference from watching a film on, on a flat in people's house. It's a different level of concentration. And the most important thing about watching a film in the movie theaters, it allows, it's the only place where it allows your audience to be a child again with that openness. You know, you can go and watch a film and you allow yourself to be a child. It's beautiful. You know? 
Beautiful. Yes, and people will always want to have that experience. I agree. Yeah. Where can people see the pact? Uh, where can people see the pact? I, I hope in the movie theaters in in, uh, in in the states, but you have to ask that. Just okay, <laughs> all right. I think it's premiering in LA and New York uh, in this month, so uh, and hopefully be seen on more screens as we move forward. Thank you so much, Billy, for being on the show. It's been my honor to have you here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. If you've missed any of the Jam Price shows all about movies, please go to my website, thejampriceshow.com, and all the shows are archived, or you can follow us on. On any of the uh, podcast networks that you like to listen to your podcast, the iHeart Podcast Network, Spotify, Google, Apple, you name it, we are there. Also go to our YouTube channel and uh, please subscribe and like us and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Jam Price Show. Thank you all for listening. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. 